This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Thursday, January 25th, and we are 91 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan, as we welcome you into the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, live from the SWBC studios here at the Star in Frisco. We have Nick Harris, Brian Brada, Zach Wolchuk, and filling in today, we have a very, very special guest from The Athletic. The one, the only, Dane Brugler joins us prior to Shrine Bowl in town. What's oh, up, Dane? Uh, hey, how are you guys? Uh, this feels right, you know? It feels so <laughs> good to be back. Uh, I mean, Frisco and the Cowboys, they hold such a close place to my heart. After I graduated college, came down here, lived here for 10 years. Any chance I have to come back, I'm here. Uh, and so when the Shrine Bowl announced they were moving to Frisco, yeah fist pump I get, I get to go to frisco now uh on my scouting tour uh through the draft process so this is gonna be a lot of fun uh, i'm excited you guys welcome me back you've got a little twinkle in your eye i don't know if it's the new studio lights or what it actually ends <laughs> up being but it does it's a little bit different like than it. the last time you made it in here and we've always said as i knock your laptop over we've always said that the the invitation's open and we mean it anytime dane's in town we're gonna make it happen and this is the beginning of a very busy busy couple of months for you right oh no doubt i mean for all of us really um this the all-star season is we're in the midst of it you know we've had the hula bowl we've had college gridiron showcase with down the road in fort worth um starting this weekend is the shrine game the shrine bowl um you know one of the the oldest all-star game and it's been it was in I mean, how many places? It was in Tampa for a while. Yeah. Then it went to Vegas. I remember when it was in Palo Alto forever, yeah, exactly. out in California. That's one of my first experience of going in 1992. But story, you're absolutely right. Story, I mean, story historical. Yeah, absolutely. Have come, yeah, I've played in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, even recently. I mean, Brock Purdy played in this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you look at some of the quarterbacks that were starting in the NFL this year as rookies. Uh, Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders or uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson with the Browns. Mm-hmm. He was in this game. So there will be plenty of talent here this week uh, for us to get our eyes on and figure out, figure them out before we get through the combine pro days workouts. So it's a, it's a good first step. Well, we're certainly glad you're here and getting a chance to, to catch up with you in studio, Brian. I mean, he's, he's one of the OGs. He's uh he's the, uh, he's one of the founders. Uh, when Ed Cahill had the, uh, had the idea about it, Derek Eagleton, you know, we all talked about it and then Dane was really getting started in uh, his journey involved in, you know, he just came off as this, like, man, this guy works hard at it. He's got an opinion. It was perfect for what we were trying to do to launch the draft show. And uh, I'll always be indebted to to Dane for all the years of service. I, we were laughing earlier in this little pre-show talk about how he used to sell the beast. <laughs> the, 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 now it's one of these things that NFL executives have on their desk. It's the draft Bible. It's really is the draft Bible. And 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 I just remember the 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 what Dane went through to get that out and just to and we were promoting it on our you know some of the early draft shows. Hmm. And people then it became like you couldn't have a draft without it. Yep. You know, and and I just was uh, so proud of what he's done. Uh, where he's uh, where th- this journey has taken him and the respect around the league and around the world for his ability to evaluate this p- these players and uh, it's uh, it's 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 a sense of pride that uh, I know DallasCowboys.com 
had a big part of, uh, of his career going forward. No doubt. And we always cheer for Dane. He's also, I, I, I joked about this, but I'm completely serious about it. The only reason I have an, a subscription to The Athletic is to make sure that I've you got to get that, yeah. to the beast whenever it comes to draft time. And I do a show Monday through Friday with John Machota of The Athletic. <laughs> and D- Dane's the reason why I have The Athletic subscription. But Shout out to uh, John. Shout out to John. We still love John. you, John. We love John. Still our guy. <laughs> I read your articles, too. Don't worry. But uh, really is good to have you. But let's not just sit here and patty yeah. cake around. we yeah. got to talk some draft. Now, I want to talk about the, the we're going to preview the senior bowl coming up in the next segment and then the shrine bowl in the third segment but just to get us started your thoughts on where the depth of this draft is because that's really where Cowboys fans are looking right now they're looking for these different positions of need they're looking for best player available but we got to look at it from a broad stroke standpoint early on where do you look if you're trying to find some depth I think in most years, I'm more excited about day two than I am in the first round. But this year, it's kind of the opposite. I love the first round this year. I think this could be like, um, what was it, 2011 NFL mm-hmm. draft when we literally half the picks in the 2011 NFL draft were pro bowlers. Yeah. I think we could have a first round like that this year. There are a ton of blue chippers, high-end talent. So I'm really excited for the first round. I'm also excited for the depth because I do think we have that as well. We're not sacrificing one for the other. Like everything, it's one, you know, you have to look at position by position. Some positions are more or deeper than others. Um, I'm convinced wide receiver is going to be deep the rest of our lives. Yeah. Everybody, you know, the top tier athletes in, in high school and coming up, they want the ball in their hands, right? And we see that seven on seven, we see that college. Um, and so I'm convinced wide receiver depth is going to be strong, you know, for forever. Um, after that, you know, this is a quarterback heavy draft. We sure. know that. Um, offensive line, I think, is really strong. Yes. This is an offensive tackle first round. Yeah. Um, and, and this is what we expected. We Going back to my top 50 that I did in August before the season started, offensive tackle was the most well-represented position in that top 50. I think there were not eight or nine in that uh, initial top 50. That's kind of how it's played out uh, with, the, with the amount of tackles that we could see going in the first round. So I do think there's a drop-off at the position. But if you're looking for a tackle, if you're looking for offensive line, somewhere in the top 50, 60 picks, there's going to be a guy for you. Dane, when you we we we're all going to like stack our boards at the end of this, and we're going to come up with you know we always get the questions asked to us: how many first round grades do you have? Mm-hmm. I know we've got all star games. I know we've got combine. I know we got medicals that we've got mm-hmm. to deal with too because right. there's some guys that have some medical questions. But in your mind, you have as you've done some of your early. Studies and, and I say early. You've been doing this since May, but uh, are there, do you have a number where you think your your first round cutoff is going to be? Is the is it a twenty two, a twenty three? Is it a nineteen? Do you have an idea of where that number is on your cutoff? I, it's probably going to be around twenty five for me. Okay, I think there, I think so this thing's going to go pretty deep. Then. That's really heavy. Yeah, now. there you go. Like yeah. I said, I think this is a first round where yeah. you some years you don't really want a top ten pick because right, right. you know you're. Yeah. You're not getting a blue chipper necessarily this year. I think you are. Plus, I think it, it it's going to stretch into there you go. where the Cowboys around that range of Cowboys will be picking. So um, it'll be interesting as we go through the process if that changes at all. Um, some of these guys do have medical histories that we need to figure out. Yeah. You know, uh, Leigh Tulatu, UCLA, yeah. Yeah. that's that's a big one. Um, you know, all these guys have something that it, it could change how we feel about them throughout the process. But like I said, I think this is going to be a stacked first round and. 
that's good news for the Cowboys with where they're going to be picking. In your in your two round mock draft that you did just here recently, yeah. you gave them Tyler Guyton mm-hmm. uh, from Oklahoma, the offensive tackle. I think the premise that you had of the offensive tackle with the Tyron Smith is something we talk about on our various shows, and I know Zach and I right. talk about on the radio all the time. Was there was Guyton the guy all the way there for you, or did you have another tackle that you were kind of thinking? Because I, I feel like that we're all kind of you know we've all got our tackles that we like. Yeah. But is there something with with is it just that Guyton sits that much just a little bit higher on your board than maybe some of the other tackles that you were looking at, or was was that Guyton just all the way that was going to be your guy? I think the draft process is going to help us figure out what those stacks how the stacks gonna yeah. look because these guys are all i think pretty close together yeah. and there's no consensus um i think a lot for me joe walt notre dame's a top tackle yeah, well. olu new penn state's number two uh and then i think you have a lot of guys in that same next tier and so breaking them up between amarius amarius mims is one of the freakiest dudes i've ever watched play offensive tackle before but he has eight starts and yeah. how mm-hmm. do you I, we're, teams are going to be referencing his first ever start against Ohio State last year in the playoff semifinals as look what he did in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, when you're referencing that game, uh, which is going to be it was over a year ago, like that kind of tells you how little football he's played. But the length that he plays with the movement skills, it's it's unreal. So but Guyton kind of along those same lines. <clears throat> He's he's a freaky guy. Yes, you he's not the most polished, but you see him move out there, and you you get excited. And he was a right tackle at Oklahoma. Um, you know, wasn't he doesn't have perfect tape by any means. Um, he's not the most polished player, but that's why you might be able to get him. Um, yeah, you sure. know where you get him. Where so you get him. It, this is an offensive tackle class that I think it, there's going to be a lot of guys ranked pretty closely, and every team depending on what scheme you run. If you're looking for more of a run blocker, more of a pass protector. You're going to rank them maybe a little bit differently. I think I thought your reasoning was excellent, though. Why you put the player there? Well, sometimes, I, I sometimes you look at it, you go, ah, he's just doesn't kind make of, sense. He, he's for, <laughs> yeah. he. Sometimes you get mock drafters that are forcing players in positions because they have to get him off right. their, you know, they have to get right. him off the list. I go, I, you know, I, I don't want to miss not having this guy on, you know, and you feel like you put him too deep in the draft. Or well, something. I. I th- I thought it was the same thing with Jonathan Brooks in the second round. And and we've talked a lot about the running back class. And last year, it was deep. And, yeah. and I was very surprised that the Cowboys waited until the sixth round to take Deuce Vaughn. This year with Jonathan Brooks, I think the only hesitation is the injury, right, right with the ACL. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's probably the top back in this class. But I, I wonder how you look at the depth. If the Cowboys waited, and, and they probably would need to pick up some extra picks. Maybe the comp picks help with that. Mm-hmm. But guys, guys like Jalen Wright from Tennessee, I think, has really kind of caught my eye. Ray Davis is a fantastic story out of Kentucky. Raider is a player that we've yeah. talked about oh, yeah. from Mizzou, yeah. also a fantastic story. D2 to first-team All-SEC. Yeah. I mean, and a tough runner, but that's definitely a position area where I think the Cowboys are going to have to be looking at because we don't know about the future of that position. Uh, there might not be a running back drafted top 50 this year. Wow. Uh, and that'd be the only the second time ever in the history of the league that we didn't have uh, a running back drafted that high. So, But once you have where the Cowboys are picking in the second round, third round, fourth round, I think that's pretty good area for where these running backs should come off the board um yeah and this is another position where there's no consensus running back one yeah um brooks still has a shot to be that first running back drafted uh we'll see how you know the acl uh rehab goes the combine will obviously be big for him in terms of the medicals he'll be here actually at the shrine bowl right um not working out or anything Doing interviews and stuff talking. like yeah, yeah same thing with jatavian um sanders the tight end from texas mm-hmm. he'll be here jordan travis the florida state quarterback same thing 
but yeah, is it Audric Estime? Is mm-hmm. it from Notre Dame? Um, it, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. All these guys offer something a little bit different. Bucky Irving from Oregon's a different type of back. Jalen Wright, who you mentioned, he might be one of the fastest players in this entire yes, draft. Explosive. Yeah, I mean, he was a hundred meter state champion uh, back in high school, North Carolina. So. Um, he reminds me a lot of Jerome Ford with the Browns, who he, he's got contact balance, he's got speed. Mm. Some other things, you know, some of the, the pacing, the tempo, you have to worry about a little bit. They're still developing, but he's also one of the youngest players in this draft. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's, you, you think about the upside with him, and yeah, he's going to be right there in that mix, that third, fourth round. Is it going to be a run? Uh, is it going to be a run, do you feel like, in that? I mean, is it going to be, sometimes we see the run with those corners yeah. where mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, you know, Dane looks up and goes, okay, here we go, you yeah. know, and it's bam, 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 bam. They Tight ends hit. last year. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they start hitting yeah. all these guys, yeah. and, and we're all and we're, we're, we're going into it thinking there's going to be a run. If there's not one in the top 50, could there be that run? that we, you, have to, you have to know when it's going to start and be in the middle of it if you want one of these and guys. That might have happened to the Cowboys last year with the run we saw in the third. You know, Tajay Spears comes off the board. Yeah. Kendra Miller comes off the board. Um, Charbonnet right. was in that. This, this draft yep. is similar to last year, except there's no Gibbs or Bijan at the top. Right. But in terms of that third-round range, we're going to see a lot of these guys come off the yeah. board. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see, you know, Blake Corum from Michigan, who I don't think he's going to run great. He's got he's had a lot of a lot of carries on him. Carries. And he's still a good player. Yeah. And when you're talking about late third round, you know, like that's, that's good value for a player like that. Uh, Trey Benson, Florida State. Uh, uh, Will Shipley from Clemson is a certain type of back with what he offers. So I, these running backs are going to be uh, viewed very differently, scheme to scheme. But I think that third, fourth round range, we're going to see a lot of these guys fly off the board. I've got Coram going to the Chargers already, so don't worry about <laughs> I, it. That, <laughs> that, that would make some sense. That would be fun. I, I'm with you as far as day two. These backs looking really good. I think there's a couple of those day two backs that could really pop as far as getting onto an NFL team, getting on the field as a rookie, and being able to contribute. There's even some day three guys that I really like, too. You look at Jawar Jordan out of Louisville, mm-hmm. and he's like that downhill guy that you can trust on a, a third down. Uh, you can trust to get those short yardage type opportunities. He reminds me of a Zach Moss uh, out of the Colts. I, he's He's got that kind of downhill ability. I think he was initially planned to be a senior bowl guy, but he's not anymore. Uh, Carson Steele out of UCLA is kind of another guy that I think is a little interesting, but one guy that I'm really excited to see at the Shrine Bowl this week, and we'll talk about it more in the Shrine Bowl segment, is Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota State. There's a ton of production out of there, uh, back-to-back years with over 1,200 yards. He's big, stocky, 6'1", 220, has this like Melvin Gordon kind of build, Uh, but I'm curious to see what he can do against, obviously, P5 competition, these P5 guys. How does that kind of translate into the draft process? This is a big week for him, but I'm really excited to see kind of his long strides and how he's able to compare that with that. Isn't it funny how we we started with broad strokes of the NFL draft and we've all started kind of going right back into offensive line and running back, trying to fix the run game <laughs> yeah. and trying to gain three yards on third and two to try yeah. and move the chains. It's yeah. kind of, that's where the focus has been. And, and you brought up the, the tackle and, and, and having uh, Oklahoma tackle taken in that mock draft with, Guyton. with Tyler Guyton yeah. in the early parts of, of your mocks. You weren't the only one to put a, a an offensive tackle to Dallas. It, the draft uh, uh, mock drafts from Daniel Jeremiah, Jer, Jeremiah and Mel Kuyper both going with Jordan Morgan at the offensive tackle spot out of Arizona. And I think you had spot. him at twenty five, didn't you? Under, you had him pretty yeah, close yeah, right, there. Yeah, exactly. Is this kind of where we're headed? Is, is is it offensive line heavy? Is that just because of where where the draft is, or is that because of where the Cowboys are specifically? Well, it's, it's the strength of the first round and. We might see that run on these guys starting the teens. You know, it's if you don't have an offensive tackle you, and you need one, you better get them early because I don't think this is a position. You look at the second round tackles, and 
kind of slim pickings, yeah. you know, and you don't, not a lot of guys you get really excited about. So if you need that tackle, you really want to come away from this draft with an offensive tackle, you better take him in the first round. So uh, we'll see when that run starts. Uh, Jordan Morgan's a good player. Yeah. Um, oh, I think, yeah. You know, he's a guard on some teams boards, mm-hmm. which is interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, I, he is a only played left tackle at Arizona. Right. But, you know, some of the range stuff, not perfect. We saw that against Braylon Trice, the Washington defensive end in that matchup one-on-one. Uh, but he's a good player. And if he would have came out last year, he would have been somewhere in the top 60, 75 picks. Um, but, yeah, he's he's in that first-round mix. Fuaga from Oregon State, probably the best run-blocking yes. um, offensive tackle in this class. He's also a guy that's a guard for some teams. So we'll have to see how the Cowboys feel about these guys. Uh, a a question I have for you is, is, as far as where you're looking for a seamless transition from Tyron Smith to mm-hmm. whoever would be his, his – uh, What's the word? Heir apparent. There you go. Heir apparent at <laughs> Heir left to tackle. The throne. If you're looking for a guy that has that length, has that kind of mobility and being able to move from left tackle, is Tyler Guyton that best fit for you? I mean, you look at the length that he has and being yeah. able to kind of have that punch power as well. It, it kind of reminds you of a young tyrant in some ways. There's no doubt. And, um, you know, on my podcast on the Athletic Prospects of Pros, we had Jim Nagy on yesterday. And I asked him straight up, uh, if I went into a time machine and went to April and then came back, and I told you, hey, Tyler Guyton was the first player drafted from the Senior Bowl this year. What would your response be? And he said, I think you got it right. I think you got it exactly right. Wow. So uh, that that's the type of you know talent this guy is. Just again, it's the movement skills. He just moves differently than most guys that are six six three twenty. You just don't see it very often. And that's a lot of what we were saying about uh, Tyron Smith. You know, yeah. When he was yeah. coming out. So yeah. uh, again, not a not a polished player uh, per se. He didn't play left tackle at Oklahoma, so there's a projection there as well. Um, but when you look at the traits, those are the traits you want to bet on at that position. Where do you fall on these centers Yeah, as you look at these centers? Because I know Cowboy fans right now are watching this, and if you're yeah. a fan of another team, welcome. We talk about all your players, so you know, you'll <laughs> learn. But but as far as Cowboy fans, you know, we were thinking about what's going on with Tyler Biotis here yeah. and maybe how you can improve the running game. Where do you, Where do you fall on these centers right now? Uh, well, I might have gone with the center to Dallas in my first-round mock if uh, Jackson Powers uh, Johnson was still on the board. You took him to Miami at 22. Yeah, right, right before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, and that was one of my favorite And I threw fits. a pen when you did it. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite fits in, in that entire mock He seen me throw did. a pen, is that's why. Uh, yeah. uh, look, he's a really good player, and he's a young player. Uh, yeah. You know, he just turned 21 years old literally like this past week. Um, but watch when you watch his film from this year, Show me the bad tape. Yeah, I, I'm still looking. Can't find it anywhere. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's he was a multi-athlete growing up. You know, he was a big-time baseball player, basketball, did everything. And then at some point during high school, it was like, all right, yeah, I'm pretty good at this football thing. Um, goes to Oregon, played guard as a sophomore, and then this past year as a junior was outstanding at center, won the Remington. I, you look at the size, you look at the movement skills, you look at the strength that he plays with, the technique. Um, I, some of the technique stuff still developing, but he's really far along for a guy that's a first-year starter. So first round, I think, is not too early for him. Um, and then even you know Graham Barton from, yeah. from Duke, who we expect to make that move inside to center, played there as a freshman, has that experience. Uh, unfortunately, he won't be at the Senior Bowl. He had labrum surgery. Yeah, mm. the injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right after Thanksgiving around there. Had had an MCL that he was working through uh, part, through parts of the year. But he's a really quality player that could end up in the first round. And I think a lot of teams will have him as uh, a center on their draft board uh, by the time we get to uh, draft weekend. But this is a pretty good center group. You know, Zach Frazier from West Virginia yeah. is a future NFL starter. He's probably somewhere in that second round. Um, Cedric Van Pran is 
okay. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of his. I think he's more, probably more of a fourth round guy mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but even after around that same range, you know, Bo Limmer from uh, from Arkansas. Sure, he's a guy that I think he deserves more love. He he's in that kind of similar tier as Cedric Van Pran. So this, this is it a tough group overall though, because to me that's where I think you know when you're looking at the Cowboys. You got tough players, but mm-hmm. you know, look what's going on in Detroit right now yeah. with with their center and Frank how Ragnar. with yeah. Ragnar and how they and how they play and, yeah. and if you have that tough guy in the middle, I, I think these guys do have all those traits that uh, you, you know, when you start to talk about Especially tough. Barton. I mean, you watch oh, Barton. Yeah. Your, knee, your knee hit muted. the uh, – oh, yeah. yeah. Strike the one. There's <laughs> strike one for Zach Wolchuk in yeah. the draft process. Better. We will keep track. Almost. You there? Almost. Was that you got to hit the button there. <laughs> you turned it off. Somebody else make a point. You know what? Zach, here, we, radio we, for a living, we so. can go. We can go straight into the. <laughs> I think break. we're good. Oh, you're yeah, figuring it out. We're all right. But yeah, no. Barton was one of the nastiest linemen when I was watching because that's what you're looking for: the physicality, the grit, the toughness. Oh, yeah. Barton stands out in that way. I think he might be one of those guys, and I, the medical stuff with him. Right. Is that a concern? It's something that yeah you hope as a scout. You you don't pay attention to that stuff as much. You just write down here are the injuries, and then you cross your fingers when you get the medical report back Please. from after the combine. Just yeah, one day you walk into the war room and his name's taken off the board. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, and you're just oh, yeah, you, just you, he's exactly right. You're yeah. at the mercy of these doctors sometimes. Oh, yeah. You just scout the player and hope for the best. You yeah, really so, really do. In yeah. Bart, but you're absolutely right. He, he's so stubborn with his hands. The yeah. the tenacity that he plays with. That's what everybody wants for an identity yeah. on their offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, you want a tough guy. Zach Frazier, what, yeah. what, it was against Baylor when he broke his leg uh, yeah. late in the season, and he's literally crawling off the field. Fourth quarter, uh, final few minutes, so his team doesn't get a penalty yeah. for because they were out of timeouts and he was injured. I mean, dude has a broken leg. Yeah. So, yeah, toughness is not a worry when you talk about the top three or four centers in this class. So we've got plenty more to come throughout the episode with Dane Brugler. But when we come back, we're going to have Nick Harris and Dane Brugler debate why they like and don't like Cedric Van Pran and the Senior Bowl. Because okay. you brought up Cedric Van Pran specifically. But we are going to preview yeah. Senior Bowl products, and then we'll have these two fight it out. When we come back here on The Draft Show. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus. 
at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl, handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or any time you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back into the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Taste you can depend on. This segment is brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. All right, we've got a Senior Bowl preview, a Shrine Bowl preview coming up in our next segment. Dane Brugler is in the building today from The Athletic. Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Zach Wolchuk, I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right, let's take a look at the Senior Bowl. You mentioned Jim Nagy and what he's done. I mean, the roster continues to get better and better and better as you go on. And, I mean, where do you feel like the strength of this Senior Bowl roster is just based off of initial viewing top to bottom? You can certainly make the argument at tackle like we've been talking about because yeah. Tyler Guyton's on the roster. Fuaga, um, uh, our BYU left tackle. I'm still working on saying his name. Sua Mataya. There you go. Oh. Sua Mataya. Oh, baby. Uh, Kuda Matata. Yeah. <laughs> what there a wonderful go. phrase. There you go. No That's worries. exactly what it's going to be the rest of the way. <laughs> now, thanks. Now I'm going to say that every time. Uh, well, maybe it'll help you, you know? Yeah, all right. If you say it on the NFL Network, you have to <laughs> You have to quote Brian thanks, Come thanks, on, Brian. man. Ten years of working with us here. You know uh, that it gets a little off the rails. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tackle, th- that's definitely going to be one. Um, I mean, quarterbacks always drive the conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix will both be there. Yeah. That'll be a fun matchup. Uh, you know, Bo, Bo Nix certainly has a chance to go. Are they on the same team? Yes, which is great because you want to see them yeah, back-to-back. Back-to-back you know, practice. Yeah. Same throws. Maggie yeah. knows what he's doing. Oh, same, yeah. yeah, he same knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I think it'll be – it was funny when I was doing my mock, um, you know, because a, a mock is never what I – it, my rankings, right? I, you know, I send make your to, last one the best one, right? But yeah. I, I mean, I send it around to you know my contacts in the league, and hey, is this yeah. about the range you think he's going to go? Yeah. What do you think about this and this? And with, when it came to Bo Nix, the, the the wide range of where he might go was crazy. It was like some thought third round, some thought oh, I think he's going top twenty five. So it, there is a wide range of opinions on Bo Nix, and the, the Senior Bowl week will be really important, I think, for him. I, and it's kind of strange to say about a five-year starter in uh, college football, a guy that has a ton of tape. But just to see him throw live, and especially going head-to-head with, with Michael Penix, it'll be important for him in a strong week. Can I can I throw a name out who he reminds me of? Yeah, who you got? Hendon Hooker. Okay. Interesting. Oh. The way he kind of can move around and the way he can launch that thing, mm. it just kind of was – I just had that Hendon Hooker vibe to him with his oh. ability to throw the way he throws mm. the football. That he's got the kind of the measurables and the mobility and the yeah. you know with the arm talent and stuff like that. I was just thinking. I mean, I mean, sometimes like you, you hold the ball a little long there, 
but man, he makes this kid makes a lot of plays. He it's amazing at Auburn. He was awful. Yeah, yeah. he was a terrible football player at Auburn. I appreciate him <laughs> when LSU played Auburn and he was quarterback because I knew some bad things were going to happen, and then <laughs> for them, you know. And but he goes to Oregon. They worked with him, the mechanics and all that, the way he plays. I mean. You can see him working defenses and stuff, you know, the, with his eyes and how he can move people around and stuff. He, he has become so much of a better thrower of the football than he was at Oregon. There's something at, to be said about reinventing yourself yeah. Yeah. as a quarterback yeah. Yeah. to, you know, all he knew growing up was SEC football. I yeah. Mean, he was an his dad, uh, yeah, His dad was a right. fine player at, at Auburn as so well. So to go through that adversity and then reinvent yourself at a new place, yeah. you know, you give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I The one thing that kind of bothered me about him was that offense I thought because I mean you're right there were some examples where he would use his eyes and stuff but I think the offense it made things so simple for him in in terms of where to go with the football he had one of the quickest times to throw in all of college football Um, average depth of target that he was throwing to was under seven yards I mean he was it just boom 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 get the ball out and to, to that point really quick, his receivers had more yak than anybody in the oh, country. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And that boom, 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 and then try to get him over the top with Troy yeah. Franklin. You yeah. know, like that was yeah. the yep. offense. And, hey, it worked out for him, yeah. except against Washington. But it worked out for him nonetheless. I mean, he had more touchdowns this year than anybody else. He had 51 yeah. uh, total touchdowns. Um, and he can he has some mobility to him. That, yeah. That's a part of his game as well. So he, he's a really interesting player. It's funny. I The Hendon Hooker comp I was kind of making with Michael Penix yeah. because mm-hmm. you have the medicals there. That's mm-hmm. a factor. Yeah. Um, you know, just coming from those, those offenses where you have some pretty good receivers you're throwing uh-huh. to interesting arm angles, right? Yeah. Uh, older players. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, with Penix, uh, just to see him throw, I, I have a third round grade on him, and it's funny how draft narratives work. How good he was against Texas, yeah, so good. And I mean, just think about think about if they so lost. Good. Say Quinn Ewers connects on that throw to, to Mitchell, and Texas wins that game, season over for Michael Penix, but he ends on that note. Yeah, think about how differently people would think of him based off of then how he played against Michigan, which is the best defense he's ever faced in his life, the closest yeah. thing to an NFL defense he's ever faced. It's it's just funny how draft narratives work because it would be so the conversation around Michael Penix would be so different if they lost that game against Texas. I know this. Indiana football has not been the same since he left. No. Indiana had say the same thing about Kalen DeBoer, too. Yeah. As their yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Same I mean, thing, yeah. that's the that's the thing about it is I, I think there is a I think there's an it factor about Michael Penix. There is. I do. Yeah, I, I, I think there is something about him, the number of starts he's made. The, the big games. Yeah, the Michigan game. Give Michigan a lot of credit. Mentor did a great job, the defensive coordinator at Michigan, making him have some different looks in that football game. But you're going to see that every Sunday in the NFL. I know, That's I know, the thing that I know. Me with, but, but, it, it felt like every time he would get the snap, he was thinking about that rush. He, yeah. he, he was, all right, where's it coming from? I don't. Well, know, the right eyes. tackle was breaking down in that 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 Michigan game. I, I don't know how he. That he, whole front was, it was banged it, up. It was, it was just hard for him to do. And I'm not making excuses for the yeah. kid. But man, it it is it those it, it very much like you're watching you know with uh, our kid from Ohio State that's now down at, at the with the Texans Stroud Stroud and watching him play with those pro wide receivers, you know at Ohio State and play that Georgia game, mm-hmm. you're watching Penix play with pro receivers and you're thinking, man, this is what he can do with with those type of receivers. Th- those that's that was encouraging to me. 
Yeah. That really was encouraging me. And I understand what you're saying about you know where you have them. These quarterbacks are so hard They're to tough. evaluate. It, it, it really is hard we, to we've evaluate. We've both been wrong on a lot of quarterbacks. No, it's absolutely. Just, it's the nature yeah. of the position. And, the, and some of the smartest people I know in the NFL. Uh, the Packers aren't wrong about quarterbacks. They, they, no, they, they seem to nail it. As soon as you walk into that building, it's just. That yeah. did not rub off at me at all when I was working there. So <laughs> I, don't know what, I know what the problem is there. But, yeah, I. I I do. I mean, like I say, I, I don't think Penix is a first-round quarterback. I don't. But man, I the, the guy is a winner, and he's he and is, he's everywhere he's been. And deep ball, the deep ball. Yeah. You can make the argument he's the best deep ball thrower in the draft. Really, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. With the way he chucks, he's so aggressive. I he knew he had pro receivers that he was throwing to. That's I what mean, I'm saying. I mean, that, to me, in, that's I'm watching these guys when they play these quarterbacks, and, the, and I'm thinking. Well, this could translate because he's already playing with pro receivers. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's putting the ball. It's not like these guys are having to work a ton, you know, but they, you know, but it was. Roma Dunze and yeah. Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan. Polk is a, I love Polk. The, he's a good player. The love one thing races. that I'm looking at, though, is if you look at the way that quarterbacks have been overvalued in recent drafts and you look at Kenny Pickett late first round, 23rd overall, when he was taken by Pittsburgh. You look at Will Levis. He didn't go in the first, but he was very early in the second. If you're comparing Michael Penix to those two guys, which are recent prospects, I think he's better than both of those guys. Great. Interesting. And, and I will have them, him most likely, and final grades, of course, aren't here yet, but whenever I've got him graded out, I will most likely have him higher than both of those guys. And so if that's the case, then you might see a team take a flyer on him late well, in the, the first round. The, the biggest myth in the draft process is there's a consensus quarterback board somewhere that everybody's yeah. working off. No. The same yeah. Every yeah. single board, mm-hmm. especially yeah. at quarterbacks, looks so different team to team with what they value, what they're looking for. Um, you know, like, to, like in, in this perfect example, you and I, to me, there's a huge gap between Will Levis and Michael Penix, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I, really? I, I don't I don't I, I liked Will Levis more than I like Michael Penix. That's just. That's my opinion. And I think the, the two playoff games with Penix was a good example. I thought how he played against a very vanilla Texas defense mm-hmm. showed what he can do. And that's an NFL quarterback right there. Against Michigan, which is closer to what NFL defenses are going to throw at him week in, week out, he missed open reads. Uh, the accuracy wasn't on point. I think a, you know a lot of people watch the Oregon games and then the playoff games with Penix, but watch him against Arizona State yeah. and Utah and yeah. some of these other defenses that really gave him trouble. And I don't know. I, I, I struggle with Penix quite a bit. And, and that doesn't even factor in the medicals, older guy, um, you know. So that's it's, the one that's going to knock him is his age and the medicals. Right. Those yeah. are two but huge see, things. I think people, he could go I, to Indy yeah, and uh, completely be knocked. But I that. feel like that people with the age, it doesn't bother them for this reason. I think people are the liking the fact that these quarterbacks are making more starts. You know that we've gone away from a, you know, Bill Parcells. Yeah, we've gone away from the. uh, Okay, well, Mitch Trubisky only started ten games, and now he's the third overall pick. And you know, and then you look at Brock Purdy, who started a million games, but he's Mister Irrelevant. And now, people are looking at experience and starts as a positive. And and not as a negative, you know. I, I felt like, oh, he's an older guy, and all. Yeah, you always used to hear that, but then now these guys are, you know, the guys are getting thrown into the game so much earlier in their career. Any guess yeah. how many starts Bo Nix had in his college career? Oh my god, fifty something, I'm yeah. sure. Ooh, Was I, it fifty three? I go fifty one. Sixty one. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. Crazy. It yeah. seemed like he played LSU a lot again. I appreciate <laughs> wow. that. He, and he was 43 and 18 over those. So even though like he, at good. Auburn, three years at Auburn weren't perfect. No, they but weren't. He still, they were. he still won some games. He won games. He did. You're absolutely right about that. But yeah. th- th- let me ask you this real quick. The the thing with is 
Caleb Williams, the scrutiny on the quarterback. Yeah. What what is what are people going to scrutinize the most about him? When you and if you had to, because I I love I love Jalen Daniels as well. My LSU, my Jaden Daniels, my LSU guy. Oh, yeah. I love him, but people are going to scrutinize how thin he looks. Yeah, he's thin. You know, it, especially with what's happened to the poor kid at Carolina. Mm. You know, and how at he, least he's six three. Jason. Yeah, but, 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 but I'm saying, but two oh five. He, he mean, and he takes some wicked hits. He does, he's and he tough, gets man. up. He's tough and all that. But what's going to be the scrutiny for a Caleb Williams? Why why are people going to poke holes in him? Because I watch his tape and I'm like thinking. This guy looks for real deal for me. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think he'll probably end up as my number one player in the draft. Um, I mean, he is the clear favorite to go number one. When you look at the Notre Dame game, certainly that was not a great game for him. Yeah. yeah on the road against a very good defense. You know, if we're going to ding Michael Penix for how he played against Michigan, right. ding Caleb Williams for the way he played against Notre Dame. Um, I, the off-field stuff, I don't think it's as much of a – factor as a lot of people want to make it you know doing gq articles and painting his nails and just being a little bit different is not like the worst thing in the world uh certainly not as bad as some people make it out to be um you know the crying in the stands with his mom like shows me the guy cares yeah like mm-hmm. i i don't, I don't I'm, I'm confused by the uh criticism of that one um at the end of the day is he going to win you football games that's what it's going to come down to and i think the the goal of picking a quarterback in the top ten should not be to find the next Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck. That that's not it's not realistic. Uh, mm. You put too much pressure on these guys to be that guy. The the expectation or the goal of drafting a quarterback in the top ten is uh, can he be an NFL quarterback that ranks top ten in the league? Yeah, you know, because that's a, that's a guy that's going to help me win a division, go to the playoffs. Yeah. that's all you need. If you have a guy that's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, you've got a chance. Yeah. You know, because you're going to get into the dance, and then once you do, it's game by game by game. Right. And anybody can win those games. So I think Caleb Williams, I think Drake May, and I, I would throw Jaden Daniels in there as yeah. guys that you can at least understand how a team will look at them and say, yeah, he had. there's a, a trajectory of him becoming a top 10 quarterback in the league. Is there a chance that Daniels is the second quarterback taken? He could go one. I mean, look, what would we just say about these? There's no consensus. You yeah. know, all it yeah. takes is one team to. I, I do think the odds are low that he would go one, uh, yeah. a little bit higher that he'd go two, but I think the odds would be he's going to be the third quarterback drafted. But, you know, we have a brand new regime in Washington. You yeah. know, who knows how they haven't hired a head coach yet? You know, it's who knows how they're going to view that quarterback position. Maybe they are going for because Drake May is. A really talented guy, yeah. uh, but down the stretch, you watch the Clemson tape, yeah. you watch the NC State, yeah. worries you a little bit. So my yeah. decision making now, part of it is, and you could say the same thing with Caleb. He felt like he had to put the superhero cape on yeah. and do it all himself because he right. just wasn't getting a ton of help. But still, they're young players working through their mistakes. Jaden Daniels, is a five-year starter, he's to your point. You were saying earlier yeah. about that age factor. Yeah. Having the experience, yes. um, you know, what he did at Arizona State, then he moves to LSU, having the same offensive ecosystem two years in a row, first time he's ever had that two years in a row, played a big factor in him blowing up like this. So I'm a big believer. They in, won 10 games because of him. Oh, no. They, yeah. they, he was the With reason the why they— Historically bad defense. They, they, they defense. were historically bad defense. Yeah. They won 10 games because of him. And if you, if you ding him for anything else, just remember that he was the one reason why they won 10 games. I'm a big believer in when you scout players, bank on explosive plays. Yeah. I think those translate. Yeah. With Jane Daniels, he accounted for 90 plays of 20-plus yards this year. To put that number in perspective— yeah. 
Joe Burrow, his Heisman winning season, national title winning season um, a couple years ago, he had 87. Hmm. And he did that in 15 games. Jane Daniels had 90 in 12 games. With Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Wow. Yeah. And, and, wow. and you know, to, to that point, I mean, Malik Neighbors is... Neighbors and Thomas are pretty good. Malik Neighbors, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's a top five pick. I, yeah, Malik yeah. Neighbors, 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 yeah. Brian Thomas, I think, if he ends up being a top 12 pick, wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah. He is that type of talent. Neighbors but, is rare. Yeah. It, the, so, I, you know, I, I do think he had plenty of help, but... The name that comes up when you talk about Jay and Daniels with teams is Lamar Jackson. Okay. Ooh. And it's not a apples to apples comparison necessarily, yeah. but defenses have to game plan for you for Jay and Daniels the same way they have to game plan for Lamar Jackson. The escape. Because he is legit with yes. his legs. Yeah. He can beat you from the pocket. Sure can. Still some processing things that I think he's still developing at, but he advanced the, the advancement he made this year as a passer was really impressive. Yeah. So yeah, and, and there's no doubt again, the offensive line played really well this year. Yeah. He had the, the Two, two first-round receivers, and then even the guys that went back, uh, those guys are going to get drafted next year for LSU receivers. So he's uh, he had a lot of talent around him, but a credit to Jaden Daniels for really taking yeah. advantage of that. I think he got him dead on right. Yep. A couple really interesting quarterback conversations already. Then we're not even to the All-Star Games. And there's going to be a lot of eyes on the guys that are in the Senior Bowl, that are in the Shrine Bowl, and then you get into the Combine and, and guys that will throw in Indianapolis. Yeah. That'll go a long way as well. Kind of shifting to the defensive side before we take our second break. Nick, whenever you look at this senior bowl roster, are there any defensive players that we should keep our eye on whenever you go in? Yeah, I'm really excited to see a few of them next week in Mobile. I want to start with Kenyon Mitchell. I believe that's how you say his name out of Toledo, the corner. Really excited to see what he puts on the field mm -hmm. next week. I mean, he's a guy that um, you see in the late first round, you see early second round. Um, he's a guy I'm really excited to see. Ennis Rakestraw, we talked about him a little bit last week, another yeah. senior bowl guy. But Cameron Kinchins, I think that's the number one guy I'm going to be looking forward to seeing in Mobile next week. Yeah. I mean, he's a hard hitter. He's aggressive. Um, if Which you're looking cool? out of Miami, Miami. Um, if you're looking for a guy that kind of fits the, the Cowboys mold of safeties of the past as far as hard hitters, really aggressive, might give up the big play here and there, but he's going to be able to make some plays in the front end and be able to kind of uh, lay his hat down on some few occasions. Cameron Kitchens is that guy. Um, we talked about you just Peyton dug Wilson. him a grave by saying he gives up big plays. Yeah, <laughs> watch at North, least for Cowboys. Fans. Watch the North Carolina tape. I think that is a good example of the good and the bad with him yeah. um, because he will give up some plays, but he will make some plays as well. And he's a good example of juniors now being eligible for these all-star games and he's a guy taking advantage of that mm -hmm. you know a lot of juniors are saying you know i put enough on tape i'm, I'm coming out but i don't need an all-star game kitchens got the senior bowl invite and most grades on kitchens are right around that third round from scouts mm -hmm. he wants to get into the second he wants to be yeah. a top 50 guy yeah. and going to the senior bowl is a great opportunity for him to do that um, a, a big question will be, you know, how fast does he run? Does he really have the top-tier athleticism to cover both sidelines if he's going to be playing a center field type of safety role? Is he, um, you know, can he play a, a post-safety? What, what kind of safety is he? What kind of athlete is he? So this week at the Senior Bowl will, or next week at the Senior Bowl in Mobile will be a big opportunity for him. What about the Wake Forest kid? Is it Mustapia? Is that his safety? M Malik Mustapia? I had a scout tell me about him and, and the words, I, he's a safety from Wake Forest. And the guy said he's an active, tough, physical, fun-to-watch player. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he. I, I said, give me a name of a guy. And he – is there – Dane, any, any thought about that at all? Or am I – No, no, I think he's – Right now he's in the middle rounds, I think. Yeah. You know, but a guy that's trying to get into that top 100 and yeah. say, hey, I asked I'm for some under the radar yeah. kind of guys. That's a, that's a yeah, because yeah. he's, he's not the. I mean, he's 
He gave me then Short, him and, and, and Jalen Simpson from Auburn. Auburn. Were yeah, the so two. He's kind of like that safety linebacker hybrid type. Yeah. Jalen Simpson, I yeah. think he could really start to jump up whenever you look at what he can do from a flex positional standpoint. And I that's think a, that's be a good riser because yeah, he was PFA coming into the year and then started picking off passes uh, this year for Auburn and put himself into that draft. Radar. Yeah, the ball yeah. skills. guy. That's what they were saying about this kid. So. Did you want to add something on Kitchens at the end there? Uh, speaking of safeties and guys that I, I think probably won't test well at Combine, it'll be kind of interesting to kind of see see how their process goes. Javon Bullard, I think that's yeah. another one out of Georgia. I love that. Um, that's your guy, right? Guy. Yeah, yeah, I just don't think he's going <laughs> to test well. I'm a big well. Bullard guy. Good I don't think he's going <laughs> to test well. That's the one thing that I think I will be a little bit concerning coming out of combine. You don't care about I, that, I'm with you, Zach. <laughs> no. I, I'm with you, Zach. I think, I I think he's a good player. We, we, we had the same talk with Winfield Jr. when he came out. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm still Win, Winfield go. Jr. I got you. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a great shout-out because I, I. that's the question. Is he going to run and test well enough to go – in the top 50 picks but man he will hit you he will he's so aggressive with the way he plays the angles that he takes and he's smart i mean you can tell that he is you know really anticipating what the offense is doing based off of formation based off of tendencies and puts himself in a position to make plays so yeah bullard is a this safety class overall is we probably don't have a first round safety i don't think but you know how does it Tyler Newbin from Minnesota and and Newbin is I think pretty damn Newbin's good. really good. I oh, he is, good. He, yeah. he is no doubt. Big fan of Newbin. I one of my favorite safeties this year is Jaden Hicks, Washington State. That guy. There is you go. On now you're, now we're talking. Oh, he's six he, three two ten. He will now, hit you. Tell me he, about him. Let's go. But <laughs> yeah, he had, uh, he had one of Michael Penix didn't throw a ton of interceptions. No, this, year. this guy no. had one of them. Yeah. Um, Watch the Wisconsin tape and watch him just lay out dudes over the middle. Watch him cover. Uh, he is a lot of fun. He, he'll be at the Senior Bowl as well. If you want a smart football player, Tyler Newbin is that guy for me. I yeah. mean, he, he you yes. see him lining Minnesota, up, obviously. Right? Yeah, yeah, you can see you can see him lining up in single high yeah. instances. Yep. You see him even coming up and lining up on the line in like third down and short situations. Yeah. Uh, he's I said it I think last week. I think he's the best run defending safety in this class. Okay. I, he's he's incredible. How are we feeling about Peyton Wilson, NC State? I watched him, man, and that dude. You talk about intelligence, instincts, all around the football. Medical stuff. I mean, (laughs) medical? You missed it. We had a whole Peyton Wilson debacle on the last show. Like, this guy's all over the damn field. Yeah, he was. 400 tackles. Him him or Eichenberg from Ohio State. Which one? It comes down to the medicals. It does. Because he... You used to be so good at this. I think Wilson, <laughs> runs, Wilson runs a little better than Eichenberg, I think. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think so, too. Um, Wilson literally has double-digit surgeries. Yeah, that's the problem. Double-digit. Right? Double so, digit. That's what yeah, happens that's... when you have 400 tackles. Yeah, he's a six-year <laughs> You're going to get banged up a he, little bit. And the, and the question is, okay, is he a guy that you know is going to be fine throughout his rookie contract? Is he, yeah. you know, like that's that's uh, – He's going to be a tough one for the doctors to really figure out. But you guys, I mean, you're all over him. He's a really fun player to watch. Before we go to break, then, six-foot trotter. Mm. Mm. I, Come on, man. Out of Clemson. I, tell you, I see him in first-round mocks, and I'm like, I don't see it. Give me I mean, oh. You think he's like a second, third-round guy? Dre, North Carolina is a taller trotter. <laughs> third-round guy? Is it because of his height? I don't think he's the type of athlete. I mean, in, in 1997, he's a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, you know that's <laughs> – but in today's NFL, Roquan Smith's making a lot of plays with the Ravens. Let me he, just say he, that right. He could run and he can make plays at the sideline. A Trotter, I just don't know if he's that type of athlete. And, and I don't, I don't trust him in space necessarily. He just called your guy slow. He did call my guy yeah, slow. I, I called happened. him not blazing fast. <laughs> I, I, I loved. You know, I drafted his dad. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, trust yeah, me. I know yeah, that so story. I would, and well. He's got some toughness like his dad. Did you he watch Cedric like Gray yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cedric Gray, North Carolina. Have you checked him out no, yet? No, I need that's uh, I he's, he's, a, bowl he's guy. a taller, faster I checked him out for a while. I like him. Cedric I really Gray do. is that dude. Senior Bowl guy as well, yeah. so that'll be fun next this, week. Well, and the top Shrine guy this year might be the top linebacker drafted, Edron yeah. Cooper from a yeah. So Let's talk about him. Let's go into our Shrine Bowl preview, and we'll talk about him when we come back. Enjoy excellent dining, boutique shopping, and exciting events in the Star District in Frisco, featuring dozens of North Texas's best restaurants and shops, plus a calendar full of family-friendly events. There's always something to do, shop, dine, and do inside the Star District. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. More of the Draft Show coming up in a matter of moments. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap at the Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Taste you can depend on. The 99th annual East-West Shrine Bowl will feature 130 of the nation's top NFL prospects on Thursday, February 1st at the Star in Frisco. Tickets as low as $20 are available now at ShrineBowl.com. Proceeds benefit Shriners Children's. Welcome back in. Dane Brugler, Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, and we've got Zach Wolchuk. I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right. 
Shrine Bowl preview. We just talked about it. 130 of the nation's top NFL draft prospects coming to Frisco. Practices get underway on Saturday. Yep. Four practices, right? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right? Right. Yeah. Four straight days of practices, and we'll be right across the hall, so we'll have an opportunity the to way see in? that. Do we know? They, it's not public anymore. Mm. It's so they don't really tell us. They don't I'm, tell. I'm, yeah. I'm sure because most everyone's coming in, and I think they're doing them separately, anyways, position yeah. by position instead yeah. of everybody at once. Yeah. Um, so I think those are probably Saturday then. Okay. Um, so know, we'll actually know how big these guys are. Yeah, right. It, official measurements. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Fridays when interviews start, so mm. I'm excited to sit down with some, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, yeah. ask some questions. Um, that's such an invaluable part of my process, um, just getting one-on-one time with these guys. So, that yeah, that starts tomorrow, Friday. And Senior Bowl doesn't do public weigh-ins either since nope. COVID, right? Right. That's, uh, that's they've done away with it. Why is that? I'm just curious. If you know, I, I think some people believe it's kind of an antiquated uh, way of doing things. Um, you know, making these guys try to cross a stage in, in their shorts. underwear, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and <laughs> stand on a scale and in front you know. of hundreds of media members, yeah, writing and, down notes you know, and scouts. If you're an evaluator, there's value in understanding a player's body type and just okay, muscle definition mm-hmm. is a room dad muscle, things like that, but. At the same time, we don't need to make it as much of a spectacle as uh, we've done in the past. Okay, that's interesting. Now, with this group of senior or Shrine Bowl participants and, and the juniors being able able to play yep. in these All Star games, do you feel like there's an uptick in the roster this year compared to years past in the way that this bowl game has been represented? Yeah, I think that the juniors certainly helped that. Um, you know, I, one of the Keeping with the Miami theme, uh, the Miami defense theme, one of the juniors that I can't wait to see is uh, Leonard Taylor, defensive tackle, former five-star guy, right? I mean, he was big time um, coming out of high school. And where'd he go to high school? The Nick? first Miami quickness. Palmetto. There you go. <laughs> My gosh, he is explosive off the snap. The flashes are first round, but the body of work not mm-hmm. there. And so it's like he—I I will bet—he is the most interviewed player this week. At, at the Shrine Bowl. Trying to figure out why? Trying to figure out what makes him tick. Yeah. How much does he love football? Is this something that he's, you know, because he has potential. Yeah. Does he have that, you know, intensity, that fire within him that he's going to reach that potential? I mentioned it a bit in the last show about Leonard Taylor. He was a guy yeah. that, like, for me, I wanted to stay away from because I, I've seen these types before. The five-star, the guy who was from the very moment he stepped on a high school field, had everything he ever needed. Yeah. Stayed home, went to Miami. And this feels like a trend with Miami guys, too, right. where they get to Miami and they're this big-time prospect, and then they just kind of don't have that same passion, that same fire. And whenever they get to the NFL, they fizzle out really fast. Right. So that's why I'm like, I would much rather go in a different direction at defensive tackle with this defensive tackle class. If it was a different class, okay, yeah, I'm investing a little bit more time in Leonard Taylor. I agree. He has that explosive get off. He has those moments, but the production, I mean, there's there's just not a lot of it there. He likes I, I finish. Worry it. And, and he does, yeah. if, if, when Brian watches him, he'll be like, he, he's on the ground a lot. Yeah. He is. He's God, a guy that's on the that. ground a lot. Get up. Hate, if you're on the ground, I hate that. Yeah. Well, and well he's a guy. That if you're a clapper as a defensive back. Because I agree with 100% <laughs> of what you guys are saying, but at a certain point, it's like, okay, where are we okay drafting him? Yeah. If he's still around in the late fourth round, it, yeah. is that a point where we're like, okay, we'll take a swing on this guy? And, you know, if we miss. It's a traits okay. thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so at what point do we feel comfortable drafting him? That's part of this fact finding mission of these All Star games when you interview him. And um, I'm glad he's going to be here to, uh, you know, kind of answer some of those questions. Where would you feel comfortable sliding him in? 
if you had to put a grade on him early? You know, I, if I did a three-round mock draft, he wouldn't be in there. Um, okay. I think somewhere early day three is where you start to have those conversations about, okay, at some point this potential is worth us – you know, throwing a day three pick at. So we're going to open our day three broadcast, and we're going to talk about the names, and he's going to be one of those names, isn't probably, he? We're probably. We're going to remember but that. But you know yeah. what? All it takes is one team. We've seen traits guys yeah. go oh, no, we have. than yeah. we thought. And so if he sneaks into the day two, I don't think it'd be completely shocking based off of, again, those flashes that he has. But um, this is where the process starts for him to you know, prove himself and to convince teams, hey, I'm worth that gamble. What do you know about this cornerback from the CFL, Stiggers? Yeah. This is, a, this is a story I wanted to bring up. This yeah. is a very, very interesting yeah. one. So th- this kid, uh, Quantez Stiggers, um, he— No uh, college, right? So he played at—I'll uh, start with the high school days. So yeah. he started at this prep academy in Atlanta, the best academy. It's basically like a private-type uh, ordeal, the best I could find. Couldn't even really find much uh, about this school. Played there, ended up on a HBCU scholarship to Lane College in Tennessee, D2 program. Um, was only there, I believe, half a semester. His father passed away, was in a car accident— so he had to go back home and help support his family. Worked two jobs, Instacart, was working DoorDash, things like that to support for his family. He's got a brother who's a quadriplegic um, because of a football injury. He broke his spine. Wow. He's got three other siblings and a single mom now who had lost to, lost her husband. So he was supporting for the family, and the mom one day signed him up for a tryout for the fan-controlled football league in yeah. Atlanta. And it's the seven-on-seven fan-controlled football. You've probably seen it in some yeah. areas. He goes there, and he balls out. Yeah. Catches the attention of the offensive coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts yep. in the CFL. They say, uh, hey, you know, come up to Toronto. Let's let's try you out in this open tryout ordeal. You know, see if you can maybe get a camp invite. He gets a camp invite. He goes to camp, and the the staffers at Toronto said by day two he was separating himself from the rookies yeah. that were there. Wow. Ended up starting as a corner on the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL, so made the team. Uh, goes up there and then wins the CFL Rookie of the Year. Five yeah. interceptions, fifty six tackles this past season. Uh-huh. Really fun story. He's going to be at the Shrine Bowl this week. The uh, NFL sent out a memo a couple of weeks ago about him saying that he's eligible to be drafted about half of the GMs have already reached out to his representation about him and he'll have a pro day in Atlanta around the same time as Georgia and Georgia Tech that's going to be really big for him because there's just so many unknowns because he didn't play college football but he wins the rookie of the year in the CFL and he's able to pick up all these different type of concepts so fast Denver is probably the program I'm looking at for him I say program uh, franchise that I'm looking at for him there's a lot of Broncos connections with the Argonauts the GM has already kind of reached out there so Denver's probably the one you want to look at if he goes undrafted. Uh, but I think this is a guy that could get drafted. I think sixth, seventh round, sure. this is yeah. a guy you look at. I and if he has him. a big week this week at Shrine Bowl, that could even rise. I watched him play Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the Hamilton, Hamilton, Tiger, the Hamilton Cats. Tiger Cats. My man had an interception in the game, one-handed go. interception this game. Uh, he could play left or right corner. He's huh. got ball skills. I mentioned the interception. Uh, he plays a lot of zone in the CFL. So you see him play kind of sideways. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's a he's a stocky guy, and, he, and he's not afraid to tackle. I mean, there were a couple times where ball, the they, you know, the receiver caught the ball in front of him and he's driving on the ball. He does have quickness, and when they break inside on him, he can chase and trail. I had two scouts tell me because I was saying, "Give me some." They said, "Watch this kid from the CFL." That so NFL teams are already their pro departments probably seen this kid play. But he does. He's compact. He, he 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 did lose his man in this game though. One they they gave up a touchdown late in the game. He kind of lost it in that end zone area. It's a huge end zone they play in, by the way. Twenty yards. Yeah, but he they lost the guy. But other than that, everything about the movement, the way he adjusts, the way he stays with his guy, the way he drives, 
tackles. There's a lot. There was a lot of things that you just kind of gone. Oh, okay. I can see why people are talking about this kid. But again, I had two NFL guys say, "Hey, you need to check this CFL kid out." Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's why I asked. And yeah, I'm glad yeah. you glad you knew the story. The corners coach for the Broncos. They they asked him. He played in the NFL for quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, or corners coach for the Argonauts. He played for the Broncos quite a bit. And he said, "This is a third, fourth round guy for yeah. him." But he's like, obviously, wow. there's gonna be a lot of questions, and he's gonna have to fulfill a lot of things in the draft process. So it's probably a day three type ordeal. But yeah. the, I mean, his Argonauts corners coach is giving him a cosign. I'll be interested sure. to see how he plays in the one on ones and sure. stuff. Because mm-hmm. again, it. you watch the CFL stuff. He's literally playing sideways. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. playing a lot wow. of zone, and they're funneling everything into the middle of the field if they can. And he's yeah. picking up those concepts. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and you're right. You could you, you could go back and watch the. YouTube grainy of him playing seven on seven football with that 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 lead yeah, that, that left flag. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy played at Toronto. I can get some Toronto tape. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. No, so. It's it's a rare situation to see a, a guy that's already played pro football yeah. beat an all star game like this. Yeah. But because he didn't play college, he yeah. is eligible for the draft. And yeah. Yeah, Eric Galco, who uh, the director of the of the Shrine Bowl, called me a few weeks ago and said, hey. Get this guy in your radar because because yeah. uh, I didn't I didn't really didn't know about him. Yeah, I don't I don't scout the CFL. That's not usually something I've had to worry about when it comes to the draft. But this guy is eligible, and yeah, he's he's a player, so he's got a shot. That's awesome. I've never been so close to to dropping an S bomb on here like than saying holy blank because of that story. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. an incredible story. Oh yeah, and I mean, it's only fitting that Dane Brugler's here. And we're talking about day three corners here <laughs> this before All Star games even get going. <laughs> uh, but that's that's outstanding. Is he going to wear a Saskatchewan or not a Saskatchewan? Oh, a helmet. A Toronto Toronto helmet for the for Probably the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. Is he's listed he's on the roster as Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, so. that's yeah. so cool. That's yeah. badass. That is awesome. Whereas, as a weird number forty-two mm-hmm. is what he wore during the uh, during the season. The fighting Barry churches. Yep. Anthony Henry. There you go. All right, we could do this for a whole hour, another hour. We could do it all day long. I honestly could do to. it all day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys want to just keep going? Let's go. Keep rolling. We, we got a radio gig. We got to go yeah, do Yeah, y'all got to get on the road. Dane, it's been so fun catching up with you. Thank you so much. I, this is my pleasure. Um, I, this is, it feels like I never left, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anytime. We miss I, you, man. We technically, really do. you haven't. You've been on every year. Anytime Ten I can years make it happen, yeah, I take advantage of that opportunity. And yeah, make so sure you show up at the guys. combine for these guys when they, you know, if we have the combine stuff. You know. I'll be there for yeah. over a week. So yeah. there yeah. we go. That'll be fun. But we've got Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, and then of course getting into the combine stuff coming up. So we'll we'll be we'll be in touch. Yeah. We'll definitely hit you up on the phone line if we need to down the line. But Dane. If you haven't already, subscribe to Dane on The Athletic. Go and follow, subscribe. It is worth your time, and the beast isn't even here yet, and it's still worth your time to see all the mock drafts and the articles coming out. You can keep up with the draft blog on DallasCowboys.com. Nick Harris and I started that this week, so if you you want some running draft content for the Dallas Cowboys, that's a new thing you can check out, too, if you're a fan of the draft show. But that'll do it for us here this week. We'll come back on Tuesday. We'll have some Shrine Bowl practices to talk about. Nick Harris will be out in Mobile. We'll get him on the phone lines. We'll get you caught up on draft process here in 2024. For Dane Brugler, Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Zach Wolchuk, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next week on The Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!